I'm Chickity Charlie Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. You see, pop statistics are the bigger bit. I can't do it, man. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for this. I want you to do this. I'm excited. And I'm direct with the friggity fifth element, my highlight, the fifth element hip hop with knowledge. And welcome to Diggity Diggity in the Digits. That was good, man. That was really impressive. <laughs> oh, the flubbing. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh, the flubbing that you guys will never, ever hear. That's such a shame. Oh, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Just, just, just that minor, just that minor effort. You know, just these little, just these little gems just to keep it fresh. Gotta love it. At least, at least, at least Ben enjoys it. I don't know about everyone else. <laughs> Oh, surely other people enjoy it. Surely other people enjoy it. It's fun, man. It's fun. We get. It. I, I, I need to. I need to. I need to rank them someday. Just like, just, just grab my top ten of uh, intros and just see what, see what comes up. Bro, there was an intro we had a, a fair while ago, and it was the funniest thing ever. And I completely forgot what it is, but I've been trying to find it. Gosh, I can't even remember. I remember I was walking to the train station one day, and it was. I don't know, it was in Glenfield, so it must have been like well over a year ago, and it was just the funniest shit ever. I need to go find that, because I think um, some of our intros are classic, man. Some of our intros are absolutely classic. Back in the day, back when we were a little bit, a little bit younger and more headstrong, now we're a bit older <laughs> and a bit more tired, so they're not as great. They're, you know, they're still great, but like, there's a little bit of time in between the good ones, and yeah. Oh, Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. No, well, some, some of them are funny. Some of them are functional. This week it was funny and functional, so I was very. I mean, uh, I mean yeah, you can't. I mean, I can't. I can't get credit for every single one. You no, know what I mean? like, some of them just digital the underground down. one was was great. That was a that's a recent <laughs> classic. That's a recent. Yeah, that, that was fun. That that was fun. I enjoyed that one. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I'm scared. All right. Hi Ben. How's your week been? And what have you been listening this week? Uh, so I listened to Leave or Levy, uh, Trippy Sad Boy. This was the first album I listened to. It came out, uh, I think, last Monday, last Tuesday. This is fucking amazing. This album is is really, really good. The whole project is underpinned by a deep malaise and sadness. You know, it's it's woven into every word. And often with albums in this vein, it's the vocal presence that I feel misses the mark. But Leave adds so much emotion to this and it sinks so beautifully into every beat the production is really great really really great so it reminds me of this electronic artist people might not know who this is but his name is the caretaker and he takes these like 1900s era vinyl and runs them through a bunch of filters and he creates these dystopian wonderlands and it sounds like if anyone's ever played fallout it sounds exactly like when you're walking through the landscape and the environment on fallout and so Leave just holds court with density and dexterity. And the way he dives into difficult topics while still keeping his autonomy is really admirable because it's a really tricky thing to do when you're really struggling and you're in real pain to still almost be in control despite what's going on and, and to feel authoritative when you're really struggling. And uh, Not Who I Want to Be is the centerpiece in that, I feel, because it's delivered with frank honesty and openness and of course, emotion, and it hits really hard. Uh, Mr. Wannabe, Smoking Solitude, So Sad. Uh, it's 
it's all a mess, this album, but in a really great way. And I'm actually trying to do something like this with my book. And it feels like trying to catch lightning in a bottle to perfectly convey how you're feeling in such a way that everyone going through something remotely similar can relate. It's a really hard thing to do. It's really, really, uh, it's a difficult technique to master. And, and Leave just does it, man. He'll soothe you if you're struggling. So I really love that that project. And that's going to be an all-timer. That's going to be one that I'm listening to all the time. And, you know, he's an underground artist. And the thing that I really respect is when underground artists really put time, energy, and effort into these releases when, you know, it's not, they've not got a budget. They've not got $10 million from the label. They're not going to get a million streams and they're going to be able to live off it. This is a passion project. And when you feel that that energy and that attention to detail in a passion project like that, respect goes way up. So shout out to that al- that album. Um, Culture 3 by Migos. So look, I don't think anyone could have asked for anything more from Migos than Culture 3. Broken. It's actually, it's front to back bangers, man. It's, the lyrical display is actually more impressive than I think people give them credit for. And technically they're just top tier. That This album doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel like the opus. I think Culture 2, they try to create something mammoth and something massive. This album feels like they pulled everything into a line behind the goal of creating the best sounding album they could. So there's no verse out of place. There's no feature misses. It's it's immaculate the whole way through. And that's not easy to do at all, especially with the range Migos are employing on this. Like there are emotional tracks, there are throwback vibes, there are menacing songs. They haven't just cut and pasted this whole record. And I've it's grown on me a lot. Like when I first listened to it, I wasn't in the right headspace maybe. And I was like, eh, you know, it's good. But like, it kind of all sounds the same. But then when I re-listened to it, I was like, actually, this there's way you know there's a lot of variability on here so i really enjoyed that and i wasn't expecting to like it to be 100 percent honest i didn't enjoy culture 2 very much simply because of the length i think if they cut it to 12 13 songs probably would have loved it but um the thing with the the, the cutting the double album which a lot of people like oh if they just done a single but it depends on what songs they keep and what songs they leave like one of the classics is Blueprint 2 by Jay-Z and everyone's like, if it was 13 songs, it'd be a classic. It's like, yeah, but what 13 songs would he have chosen? You don't know that. Oh, like, here we go. But that's the thing. What songs, it's the same with BP Streets Disciples. Agenda. <laughs> no, I'm going to Nas now. I, I, I identified <laughs> that I was I was a bit of a Jay-Z too much there. So it's the same with Streets Disciple where, you know, someone said to me the other day that it's his worst album because it's too long. And then he was like, you know, if it was just, 11 12 songs i'm like yeah but what 12 songs would he have chosen he might have chosen the worst 12 songs to be on that so it's not always easy to cut down a double album but culture three kind of sounds like they did and yeah i I love it i really do love it uh it's a great project and then uh hall of fame by polo g this is an amazing album and i thought this would be good i really thought this would be good don't ever underestimate the ability to sound menacing and emotional at the same time because polo g is a master of it like the first song, he sounds strong, but he's in pain. Like he has power, but he still feels vulnerable. And that's a theme across the whole album. Like we get Toxic, which is Defiance. And then the very next song is Epidemic, which is really heartbreaking. And it never lets up. It never lets up. It's like, what, 20 songs. And the second half, we're getting G Herbo, Rod Wave, The Baby, Young Thug, Roddy Rich, Nicki Minaj, Pop Smoke. Like, bro, this is, um, this is a great project. Some people are calling it mid- uh, but I don't understand that because even if Polo G was garbage on this, which he absolutely is not, the production is fire. So I don't, this is, you know, I, I'm not late to the Polo G thing, but I didn't really, 
until rap star went to, uh, number one on the hot 100 i was like you know he's, he's a good good artist but then when that went number one i was like well, okay well, what's going on here and then listen to this album and it's really good like I, I love it it reminds me uh i've been listening to the t grizzly album a lot where he does the the menacing but vulnerable kind of thing as well a lot of the time and it's great man it's it's a really hard balance to to pick up but they both do it and yeah man i fully shout out apology hall of fame all the albums those three albums great projects i i recommend people go check them out what about yourself charlie yeah, so uh, I'll go in some good, 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 good stuff. Uh, start off with that Peter Rosenberg real late from last week. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Re- yes. Real nice. Real it's great, nice, right? Real nice, real nice. Oh, my real days. Nice. Still in rotation. Yeah, the, the vibes the vibes are clean. Ugh. Like the, 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 the artwork is my favorite thing about it. Um, actually, he shouted out the, um, uh, he shouted out the uh, photographer um, on... Uh, uh, but, uh, the right time, Bamani Jones. If you guys want to peep that and just peep the whole interview because it's very interesting and just how Rosenberg talks about the album and how he went about it. Uh, some g- uh, good little gems in there. But yeah, the album itself is clean. Uh, love the vibes. Um, just the just the just the riding in New York at like two a.m. Like just summer breeze. It just feels so. Yeah, it it just fits the bill so nice, you know. And you just it's it's a vibe clearly on that cover, you know, that blue, that just that deep blue New York's uh, New York lights, and it just fits the bill perfectly. Uh, real good album, real good album. Uh, three three friends of Five E coming through. Started off with Breeze, California. Uh, clearly, he went to California for this one, uh, just via the uh, essence of it alone and the. Uh, you know west coast uh, uh beats uh coming through on those and uh putting his bars on there very uh, thoroughly enjoyed that love me some west coast uh work at all times and on the other side of the country in well, other side of the world so to speak in terms of just sounds uh james uh, j flames comes through japanese josh the instrumentals uh these are clean you know super uh just has one of those uh uh you know deep bass uh just slapping beats and with just a little japanese twist you know what i mean all those um uh I, I have no idea what those instruments are um that everyone uses when you know they're trying to do trying to go the japanese route uh but i love those and that those are just uh you know uh, sprayed throughout and yeah so it's a, it's a good vibe on that front and a lot and uh well lastly on the friend of 5e front rick flow with instinctive travels um this is he 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 said he said one he said one uh one bar on one of the tracks, and he, he mentioned the term, uh, the phrase mantra music, and, I, and that's kind of what I got with this particular album in terms of what he was going for. <clears throat> it was very, it was very, um, it really went down like the inspire uh, kind of route, and uh, uh, talking about what he's been through so far. Um, which has, uh, you know, been a lot as I I am aware of as somebody that's kept up with him for a minute. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, he's he's continuing to uh, explore, continuing to evolve, and it's very fascinating to see him go through it. Um, Blessings 2, Night Shift is great. Uh, Pressure is amazing. Taste of Independence is uh, just a great uh, great messaging on that front. And he's still the Travels Freestyle at the end. Love it, love it, love it. With that UNITY uh, little, little, little uh, 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 homage. Love it, love it, love it. And yeah, man, shout out to Rick Flo on that front. Uh, solid, solid album. Uh, Blue and Surplus uh, for sale. 
quick little EP. Um, real, real freaky, real, real uh, eclectic beats uh, by Surplus on this one. Very fascinating. Um, and Blue obviously just you know skates all over it. Standard, standard procedure. Uh, this is this is <laughs> this is nothing that Blue can't handle on that front. Uh, Blue always comes through on these uh, just real. Uh, uh, herky jerky beat sometimes it, you know sometimes can go all over the place but he just stays steady at all times and it just works all the time uh, and some solid features on there as well novelist uh, no ninja uh, great stuff on there and uh, yeah sky zoo all the brilliant things Whew. oh damn man this guy was so good <laughs> This album's so fucking good. Like, it is fascinating because it obviously he had the two EPs uh, last year with the uh, uh, the Dumbo Station one that was obviously more blue note jazz uh, elements and uh, uh, milestones, uh, which I put in my EP list. And um, you know, both of those had this uh, obviously had this jazz hip hop element going on, uh, one more so than the other. And milestones was just a bit more. Uh, story orientated and you know talking about fa- and, and the and the themes of fatherhood and growing up and stuff like that and uh, manhood in general uh all the brilliant things really takes both of those eps and just just smacks them together and just makes it into such a a, a really beautiful album whether you want to listen to this in the background or just listen to it in a deep listen kind of se- uh, kind of way Either way, you're going to be uh, uh, you're going to feel good about it after you finished it. Um, I hope the last track, which kind of gives off the vibe of um, you know uh, 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 some sort of retirement thing going on, he mentions that, and he has a bar where he, like Fontaine him talk about retirement, something like that. Um, I I I just can't be Sky Zoo's last album. I'm just gonna say that up front for the love of Christ. It ha- it can't be. It can't be. Not to say this ain't this wouldn't be a great send off because honestly this this is on the album of the year long list for sure. Lock that in right now. Uh, but damn man, I couldn't I couldn't go. This can't be. This can't be it. This is the Sky Zoo's on a real good run right now. Uh, the EPs really just laid out a great foundation for this album in particular and uh yeah there's just some great stuff on here bodega flower something to believe in was amazing uh the features with kareem riggins uh black soul uh bj the chicago kid just some great great performances all around and uh sky zoo just um just laces it all up man and uh, it's just an amazing album overall and lastly uh jesse royal with royal uh, aptly named this is so kingly this is so king this is king shit right here man it's so good first two tracks are absolute tunes through those right in the regular rotation high tide or low and uh lion order which has protege on there as well uh we have vibes cartel as well on uh, rich forever uh you know if you've if you've listened to jesse royal you've actually heard most of these tracks uh my boy d came uh, i sent this to my boy d and uh he said he heard lion order a while back and uh, i had a check and i was just like well maybe he did and uh apparently the single version of it came out in like 2019 so you know clearly this has been a long <laughs> a long uh, work in the making um and a lot of these are singles uh but luck for me personally um i only listened to natty dread beforehand 
Um, so a lot of this was fresh to me and it comes through very nicely. Uh, real modern reggae going on right here. And uh, yeah, man, super solid work. Can't complain. Love it, love it, love it. And uh, with that said, we shall be into our topic of this episode, retrospective on the one and only Diggity Dots effects. Um, I, I find I find this uh, this, this is going this is interesting um, from uh, from an overall perspective of just who Dots effects is because I feel like they. At the, at the, especially at the beginning of their careers, they had this influence that <clears throat> that is like I I, I don't know I, I think very uh, not talked not talked about enough a very understated influence um, and especially when we get into their first and you know some in somewhat uh, second album as well um, they were also inspired mainly by hip hop itself. And I kind of find that interesting, that that particular wrinkle in- interesting, because you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of artists, uh, you know, around that time, you know, they had when they when they sample stuff, it comes from you know other other things, other genres of music, you know, what I mean, electronic music, uh, you know, soul, disco, stuff like that, but. Uh, again, especially in the early work, Dust Effects really comes through with like music that is literally sampling other hip hop tracks. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, I just find that really fascinating uh, on that front. I, 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 you rarely, you rarely see that homage paid so early on in a uh, in a hip hop career. Um, that started around the early 90s so I kind of find that I found that overall wrinkle especially with their first uh, first album especially and we'll get into that obviously in a bit um, I just found that uh, inspiration that clearly they had from the game that was already established at that point but also how they inspired others around them in some way um, but on that on that latter front, I think is very understated. So uh, hopefully we can um, big up that side of it at some point as we go through this. Uh, but yeah, man, that's effects, man. I've, I've this is the first time I've listened to their work uh, fully. Um, overall, I have listened to Dead Serious before, but not exactly that actively. Um, heard Mike Checker, you know, stuff like that. I've heard the singles, but you know, it's not really been that in uh, that in depth in terms of their discography. So yeah, man, this is gonna be this is a fun lesson for me, and uh, yeah, man, I've got got some got some good words coming through. So, uh, but with that said, let's see what Ben has uh, in store for us today. Yeah, so Dars FX is one of the uh, first groups that I ever listened to again, similar to uh, Far Side or no Diggable Planet. Sorry, last week. So um, when I was younger and I was looking for eclectic hip-hop, Das Effects was one of the groups that popped up on my radar. So I uh, heard their first album quite early and like nothing else I'd ever heard, obviously, before, you know. But the thing was, <laughs> it was like things I'd heard before because as Charlie said, and I think this is this has almost become the defining aspect of Das Effects' legacy is the fact that they were not given credit for what they did in 1992 and the movement that they created. And I really, there's a fascinating part to this that I want to get into around their second and third album that I want to posit a theory. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, when I when I thought about it, I was like, 
Hmm. Okay. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. But I'll talk about their history. Uh, they Scoob was Crown Heights, which is Brooklyn. Dre's was born in Jamaica and traveled to live in New Jersey as a child. Scoob was slightly more active in his early years, and he actually formed a connection with Tony Lynch, who is the brother of Derek Lynch, who was part of the Solid Scheme duo with Chris Charity. Now, Chris Charity was another artist that Scoob met in high school. So Solid Scheme produced a huge portion of their first two, I think even three albums. And, you know, at, at first, essentially, you know, Dust Effects was only a duo, a rap duo, but these are the four artists that were responsible for almost everything we hear on the first two albums because Solid Scheme were locked in with them. You know, that was, that was the production duo that was creating the music with them. So they, they linked up in Virginia State University, Scoob and Dre's, they met in their freshman year and they bonded over their desire to become MCs. Now they were encouraged to rap together by a mutual friend and they entered a contest as a duo and they won it and from there they agreed that they would be a great rap duo. So that was when the connection was solidified and they decided to become a group. So the friendship became fruitful so quickly that they ended up abandoning their studies and they went on to become one of the most pioneering and influential hip-hop acts of all time. And they began performing talent shows and they were actually quickly snapped up by EPMD who were judging one of the shows that they were at and this of course bled into a record deal it's almost like they fell into their debut album now Scoob said that his favorite part of their origin story is the progression through the stages from writing rhymes by himself to letting people in on them to listen to them then recording songs that he deemed as okay then progressing to actual bangers as he said and then performing them to crowds he said they did all that before they were even discovered and to me, it's another example of early hip-hop acts creating their buzz and learning their trade in the fire of live performance, which is an incredibly fraught situation for anyone, especially a new MC. You know, learning how to command a crowd and win over an audience became a key part of Das FX's appeal. And Dre said that his father was a huge influence on him and, and gave him the tools and the confidence to pursue music as a career. Scoob said similarly, you know, his family pushed him in the right direction. They came up with their name via a pretty simple acronym from their rap names plus EFX, which referred to their desire for reverb, reverb to be added to their vocals. And I just love the way Scoob talks about their early years because we often hear of rappers and groups just coming together and creating fire immediately. But he says everything they recorded up until Clap Your Hands was low quality, especially on the production side. And this was the song that they performed at the talent show EPMD were judging. And EPMD was so impressed that they invited them backstage to perform it one more time. He told them to go away, write nine more songs exactly like that. They'll have themselves a record deal. So they actually returned to school to finish their junior year. When they were done, they left, and then they were ready to sign to GMC Productions and work on their debut record. So EMP, EPMD sorry, were actually touring whilst they were recording their album, and Das FX would send them the music they were recording. I don't know how they did this. <laughs> like Maybe they rang them and played it over the phone or sent CDs via airmail. Like you think about it nowadays, it's like, oh yeah, you just uh, chuck it up on SoundCloud and send them the link. But like in 1990, no, it's not how it works. So it's actually quite an involved process. But um, you know, there's no denying their technique is is entirely unique, like erratic, off kilter. It was just like anything we'd never heard it before. And Dre said that he grew up they they grew up away from the New York scene, which really helped them. Because radio in Virginia wasn't playing traditional East Coast hip-hop, so the only real exposure they had to mainstream was Brand Nubian, which is hardly middle of the road, you know. So 
everyone everyone ran with it after the first album but yeah let's get into the first album yeah exactly um like it's, it's just it's just so uh yeah once, once dead serious came through it was just clear that people uh you know kind of biting on that kind of style in some ways like it's it's this really um oh, more than kind of fucking <laughs> lifting it wholesale i was being <laughs> I'll be polite. <laughs> it was, but but let's say like it's got to be one of the biggest cases of biting, like widespread biting in hip hop history. I can't think of much more. Probably, yeah. Like yeah. what else could you say? I mean, it was it was entirely unique, right? No one was no one had ever done this before, and then everyone was doing it for like two years. But I don't know that. Look, I don't know if people were giving Dars Effects the credit they deserve because I was obviously not around at the time. Oh, but no, Dars Effects no, certainly no, no, feel no, like so. they were not being given the credit they deserve. And in, even in interviews in 2020, they were still saying the same thing. So my assumption is that people were not paying homage to Dars Effects when they were using their style. Like it's like um, the only thing that I would say similar is Juvenile on Ha. You know that that flow. And when people do it, everyone's like, yeah, that's Juvie's flow. Everyone knows that. And he gets interpolation credit whenever anyone does that flow. But no one gave Dust Effects interpolation credit, I don't think. So, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was that was interesting. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think they have it on that, on that level where they're literally just getting actual genuine credit from it. Uh, I, I, I highly doubt that's, that's the case. Um, but, yeah, man, this album's... Uh, it's a Stroud classic, uh, '92. Um, just boy, just just some real youthful energy coming through. It's just really electric. Uh, it, it just sounds like something that uh, if you heard this shit live, you'd be fucking mosh pitting every single track. Like it's just, it's just so. Uh, just imagine them shouting this light, shouting the shit out live is uh, uh, just blows my mind to think about uh have how their tours went um but yeah man especially especially the first like half of this album i mean it's only 10 tracks um it's, it's actually um kind of short uh th- just under 40 minutes um so it comes and goes very fast um but yeah it's obviously mike checker classic just some men on the mi- <laughs> just some men uh, it's, it's just it, it, that's great. They want effects, obviously. Lucy's Dum Dums. It's, it's just fun. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's got a track called Dum Dums. Fun. It, it's so it, it just brings a smile on your face. It's not serious at all. But even with that said, in, in, even though you can't like, if if I even if I say it's not, it doesn't sound serious. It sounds fucking. You know, they're 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 coming for you. Like in terms of just lyrical ability, like they're not fuck. They're not slouching. Um, just uh, attempting to read uh, Jussiman is like obviously my check is probably the hardest in terms of stuff like that. But you know this this is this is here. This is there. This is some good lyricism, like genuinely good lyricism. Like well, I'm the jibber jabber jaw like shabber ranks making bank operating like trapper. John MD, yeah, that's what the folks folks tell me. I plan on going far and be a star like Marcus Marcus Welby. So there, dear, um, you soup, though. Yes, I make the ruckus, causing ruckus like Menudo or Judo. I kicks it. I throw, I throws them when I gamble. And when I swings my thing, I take a swing like Mickey Mantle. Like, that's, that's bars, bro. That's bars. Like, it's, while I say it's fun, while I say in some way it's like, you know, lighthearted and very block party, uh, in terms of just, not, just you know, that just that loose energy. 
bruv, this is some bars on here. There are some bars on here. So do not sleep on just uh, this album in general and does effects in general. It sounds like I'm finishing up the episode, but yeah, it's 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 just so it's super impressive. Just from like uh, how how old were these guys like at this point? Like ninety two, so like twenty twenty two something like that. Young, like this. Yeah. Yeah, 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 like these these dudes, youngsters, bro, youngsters, and like they're coming through with some just some absolute gems, uh, 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 gem bars right here, uh, all over the place, and the energy just doesn't stop, and that's what I love about this album in particular that it just does not stop. It's just relentless energy, and it just feels, it feels really great to just have that uh, no lull, just machine gunning. It's it's I love it. It's great. Yeah, I did some a little bit of research just while you're speaking, and uh, they do get credited a lot. They get like interpolation oh, credit. So shout out to who sampled, who is uh, yeah, but like you know Eminem on Yaya. So um, yeah, that looks like they they do actually get some sampling, which is sampling credit, which is good. But yeah, dead serious, man. Imagine turning on your radio and hearing they want FX. Like this is a style that they yeah. they pioneered, and it's now so entrenched that like. I was watching Rick and Morty last night, and he he references it. He's like, "I'm gonna get riggedy wrecked." I was like, "Bro, this is crazy, man!" A little Jew out of I Virginia just realized State. Rick and Morty did DOS effects. Yeah, they did it, man. <laughs> they did it. I mean, I assume I can't. Yeah, right. Like you know the scene, right? Like it's that's what it is. It's, it's yeah. gotta be DOS effects. So like, it's what I'm doing every day. It's crazy and. The album is, this album is a straight classic. It had critics fawning. Uh, Stephen Juwan called the album 10 tracks packed with dopeness, which is, you know, dopeness. I love mm. that word. Stanton Stewart Perfect. penned a really aspirational piece. I enjoyed reading this. And he said, the album wasn't just appealing. It was enormously influential, ushering in an entirely unique rhyming flow that influenced any number of rappers, established and novice alike. The lyrics are about as far removed from hardcore realism as they could possibly be. On a side note, I'm not sure I agree with that. But anyway, um, although there were certain elements of boasting, it is so cut up and contorted that it never sounds like there's even a hint of the humdrum here. It was a completely original rhyming style in 1992. One of the reasons it had such an impact both in the insular world of hip-hop and on the wider public, but it also had an invigorating looseness that lent itself to commercial radio. So that was the beauty of Dust Effects. You know, major pioneers were a decade more in their rear view. Think about this, man. Like, we had artists like Slick Rick refining storytelling. Queen Latifah was mixing hip-hop and soul. We had the jazz rap age. Uh, Ice-T, you know, gangster rap, G-Funk. But for a long time, no one had just hopped out and just something brand new, entirely brand new in a while. You know, like, people were refining and uh, kind of creating new ways to say things just came out so smooth and so beautiful. And what I adore about this album is you probably just expect Das Effects to just do it all the time, right? This is the thing about it too. This is a really important point. You just expect them to just... Just rinse it. Yeah, yeah. Just rinse it. Just rinse it, but they don't. You know, you get them listing off random foods in the second song or throwing their weight behind an East Coast beat on East Coast or every single time they actually break out their trademark sound, it's not over the top. So you can just be like, it's not a gimmick to them. You know, this is part of their music. This is woven into the fabric of their entire style. It's almost like, um, it's like a, like just this unique quality that they were born with and they can't rap without it, but they, they can. And it just pops up randomly, you know, every now and then. And that's what I love about it. That's what I really like about it. It's not like they just smash it. As Charlie said, they didn't rinse it out. 
So I can totally see where MPMD saw them when I listened to Clap Your Hands because if they didn't have this, it would be generic almost to the point of rote. But when they rhyme, when they hit the microphone, it's, it's totally out of pocket. And, you know, Rakim was changing the world of hip hop around this time. I feel like it's too early for them to actually be influenced by his rhyme style because they even said that, you know, they weren't um, tapped into the New York scene. They weren't tapped into East Coast, West Coast. So it's like, I don't know, it's just crazy the way that they've they've changed their cadence and, and created something new. And I really do hope that Dust Effects get the credit that they deserve in the, you know, because it's kind of hard to know when you're researching these things because you're just like, you're locked in on a specific thing and you're reading all the echo chamber information and you're like, well, of course people know Dust Effects. Of course they know all this because all this information's out here. But then you realize you're actually just Googling very specific search terms that most people probably aren't. So yeah, I do wonder if um, if they get the credit they deserve for this album, but it did really well. It went 16 on Billboard 200, which is an actual hit back in the day, and it went platinum in 1993, so great album, man. <laughs> that was a very modern shot, <laughs> which, which is good back in the day. Uh, well, it is, man. <laughs> it's of worth back in the day. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, like albums weren't really going number one unless they were yeah. pop, you know, so or they uh -huh. were Marky Mark and Funky Bunch, so, you know, some. Okay. Yeah. Well... Yeah, retrospective on them coming soon. Mm -hmm. um, right, so, uh, what? Let's never <laughs> joke it. Ever. Jokes a joke. Ever do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, don't put me through that. Oh, uh, next week, John Cena. I'm joking. Um, all right. So, uh, straight up suicide. Uh, hot take. I think this is their best album. I think this is better than the Dead Series. Uh, I. Are you th with your hot takes? It's we, need a, that, come we, need on. A, we need an episode where Charlie just lists case. all his hot takes and we just get it out there so it doesn't hit me in the face like a train every time he hits me with <laughs> that he hates Swiss beats or he hates grinding or like something crazy. I, I don't hate <laughs> grinding. I don't hate Swiss beats. You gotta relax. Fucking word your shit carefully, fam. You're pissing me off with that. Word your shit carefully. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> You're putting words in my mouth. I'm not. I didn't say hate. I don't hate nothing. Look how easy you it is, told. Guys, if I could screenshot my signal, uh, fucking chat that we have, bro, you will not. You guys will know for a fucking <laughs> fact that he, this guy Ben, comes through telling me, f telling me for a fact that Swiss ain't done nothing good in 15 years, and I was like. <laughs> Damn, it has been that long, isn't it? <laughs> he said that, not me. Right? Get off my dick. All right? Stop telling me I hate shit. Fucking. All right, Straight Up Suicide, um, which I feel is their uh, uh, best album. And the reason why, if I can explain, um, the fact that it's longer, and you actually remind you reminded me of uh, like when Snoop does it, you know, the Snoop Deal Double Jizzle, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think he rinsed that out too much either. Uh, I, I, I kind of find parallels between these two uh, lyrical styles in some way. And uh, I find uh, I find Straight Up Suicide, when it, when, it, when it came through to me, especially just in the first few tracks, uh, like, Check It Out is... My gosh, they go fucking in on this particular track. Let me give you some bars right here. So, we'll check it out. It's the incredible, never edible, unforgettable dweller from the cellar, kicking terror because I'm terrible. See, I'll be schooling them, fooling them when, I, when I'm speaking it. 
deep in it because you'll be peeping it. Look how I'm freaking it. Got your t- I got you tingling, jingling and mingling. What a way to go. The radio, uh, they got my single in. They rocking this. Ain't no topping this when I'm dropping this. Style that I compile because, yo, I'm wild like a rhinoceros. My skill is illy silly when I work it. Quick to flip the lip or rip a nigga out the circuit. So step with it. Can you get with it when I'm flexing it? Taking out these crooks because my nigga books is next in it. That's just half of the first verse, all right? Those are some absolute silly bars. Those are some silly bars. The rhyme schemes there are silly and are frankly quite disgusting in the best way possible. Um, but the reason why I think this album is in some ways just uh, uh, better than Dead Serious, in my opinion, is they clearly go down a little bit more of a... There's a little bit more seriousness behind this particular album. Like, I, I, I find that when I'm listening to this particular album, uh, going through it, you know, Underground Rapper and Gimme That Microphone is forceful. Check It Out is just absolute bar exam. Uh, uh, back, 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 I forgot, I forgot how to say that. Uh, but yeah, back to effect. Uh, one, one, two. Uh, spelt one, two, which is great. Um, I just, I find this album, and it's a, it's also, it's a little bit longer, forty-three minutes, you know, fourteen songs. There's a few more tracks thrown in here, and I don't think the quality dips at any point. So I just find the fact that it's a little bit longer, it's a few more tracks, and I just feel like they put a bit more weight into this like the first album was very free uh, still flexy right not not gonna not gonna shit on it right because like i said it's still it's it's flexy but it's fun at at the same time uh but this one just has a little bit little bit tinge more of um you know we're here and we're fucking good at this you know i mean there's a bit more chest in this a bit more chest pattern you know what I mean? It's like it's that scene in Wolf of Wall Street with Matthew Gonhay and Leon DiCaprio. It's like, you know, that mm-hmm, oh, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. They're chest painting. And uh, I'm here for that. And uh, it still has that fun element. It still feels like if you went to their tour for this album, you would get this, the good shit from this, and the good, fr- good shit from Dead Serious. And that would just be absolutely fucking crazy to think about. Um... So yeah, I just feel uh, objectively there's just more to eat here, and uh, I'm 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 I've got my knife and fork ready for this particular album. I love it. The, the knife and fork is going at a fast pace eating this album. So uh, yeah, I I don't find it as a hot take as you you're, as you're making it out to think uh, making it out as it is. You might be just be playing with me and just getting me riled up for no fucking reason. Uh, which I feel like is what's happening here, but it's regardless, it's possible. Yeah, r- regardless, you know, kick rocks, um, and yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's highly possible. I mean, it's, look, I I'm not a massive fan of this album because because they just went in a different direction, and it it upset me a little bit. So I'll talk about because this is the whole point that I want to make. So I was a bit shocked by them putting out the song "Freak It" as the lead single because. The thing about this album was everyone was biting them now, you know, their style became in vogue. And it must have been very frustrating for them to be attached so strongly as if that was their only contribution. You know, my, like, I was thinking this last night, if hip-hop numbers had been a thing in 1992, the very first thing I would have done is a percentage to show how often they actually engaged 
in that trademark uh, flow or lyricism or whatever you want to call it, I would say like 20% or less. You know, I think they would slip it in every now and then and remind you how slick it sounded. So it must have been very frustrating for them to feel they even needed a song like Freak It, where they said, hey, look, we can rap without doing that. Because anyone who heard them prior surely knew that they could rap without doing that. And Dre said this in 2013, and I felt him heavily on this. I feel like all the artists above took from us and never really said so. It's like we're their dirty little secret, but I'm not doing a little Richard on you. Like I started this and they owe me. We all know. As far as our contribution to hip-hop, true heads remember and know what's up. We inspired a generation of rappers, squads, clothes, and even the type of cars rappers drove. Check your history on Das FX. And I just felt a bit of frustration from them, you know, like Jay-Z, Ice Cube, Criss Cross, Blackstreet. So many artists employed their trademark style. And the problem was when everyone begins doing it, it loses its uniqueness and it turns something into a bit of a fad. And I think that's what happened to Das FX. And I think that was why Freak It was the lead single and why I think they just did not engage in it on this album. And to me, that's that kind of changed my opinion on it. You know, if this was just an album that didn't have that aspect to it, I'm sure I would have liked it a lot more, but I'm just listening to it and it just made me kind of sad. I'm like, this sucks, man. Like people took your style and turned it into a meme almost, like the 92 version of a meme. And then now you feel like you can't do it anymore. <laughs> You know, it's almost like they'd lost passion for their own style. And I, I thought their triplet flow was amazing, but I really just wish they'd kept rapping a thousand percent the way they wanted to rap. And it oh. felt like they allowed the biters to, I don't know. And look, this is just how I'm saying how it makes me feel. I'm not really sure if that was their intention, but Freak It just kind of made me think, mm, maybe they that's actually how they feel. They can't do this anymore. And they do it again on later albums, but yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's how I felt. Uh, more down the line, um, but I feel like your opinion towards it is more just about everything outside it, and not the album itself. If that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. I think you, that, yeah, that whole just, thing just, has yeah. influenced my uh, perspective on it. And when we go back and listen to these albums, uh, we obviously listen to them back to back. So we we're not we're not in the landscape. We have no idea how things feel so it's only really perception that we can go off and like you know i guess guesstimates a lot of the time being like well maybe this is how they felt or looking at the bigger picture maybe this is why they did this um but it would make me really sad if that was the point you know like oh we, we just want to prove that we can make an album where we don't do this it's like well you they did that you know they they already can do that we know they had songs they had verses that didn't have it in it it's like so yeah it's just it felt like they were being influenced by uh, people who were maybe lifting their style without giving full credit. And again, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going off Dre's words where he kind of felt like everyone was taking it and not giving him the credit that they deserve. So yeah, that's how. I, that's why I feel that way. Not not to do with the quality of the music, which I think was good. You know, I think it's a good album. <laughs> All that. And it's just No, I mean, I'm, it's not saying that it's a bad album. It's just saying I'm disappointed, you know? Like, it's, it's yeah. not, not me saying this is a shit album and I'm never going to listen to it. It's just the thing that struck me about this album was that they weren't doing it and the reason why they weren't doing it. Yeah, so that's that's why I feel that way. Okay. Okay. I I, I mean, I know, I know what you mean. And... Yeah, I, I I agree on that side that, you know, it's it's, it's a bit uh 
it's a bit sad that they had they they felt the need to just like dip off it because everyone else you know took it um but i don't know maybe it's because of like the the musical environment i've grown up in where everyone has the same fucking style and nobody else and nobody cares regardless of if they made it or not uh and everyone's fine with it that that may be the case i'm not sure maybe i'm a bit blinded by that but uh i guess i i i guess i just see the album for what it is and i fucking i fucking enjoy this so either way i get what you mean uh all right hold it down 95 um yeah this is this is a uh... This is long. <laughs> it's long. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's about 70, 75 minutes. Um, and while I don't find that too bad, it may sound like I'm saying that, um, and I can't really think of, like, I can't really see, you know, any albums where it's just like, ah, this won't work, this won't, this won't work. Um, but, you know, clearly it's like a, a double-edged, uh, double-sided album kind of, kind of thing going here, considering there's two intros on the... Um, on the track listing, uh, so yeah, I I guess if you if you see it like that, and if you if you had it like on a vinyl, as a double CD, some, something like that, if you had it in the physical formats, I feel like it would have been much more palatable. But considering that I listened to it via Spotify, it came it came across as just like a really big meal uh, to to digest. Um, but regardless of that, uh, I do enjoy the album for what it is. Uh, I, I love the KRS One feature. Uh, PMD on Bad News is great. Um, I I just honestly like when we when we get to that KRS One retrospective one day, like I'm I feel like I'm I'm gonna have my mind blown because you know there's a lot of uh, uh, people people that are. That have been into hip hop and grew up with it around the time when KRS One was a thing. Um, they they always talk about KRS One in such a light that I can't quite grasp yet. Um, partly because I haven't listened to KRS One that heavy. Uh, but once we get into that one day, I feel like I'm 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 either going to be really impressed or really disappointed, and it won't be anything in the middle. So I can't wait for that day. But anyway, that's a that's a that's a side note. But. Um, yeah, back to the album. I just, uh, yeah, this is this is kind of where uh, you know my thoughts towards what you were saying comes through, and it's just like, yeah, this isn't dead serious days anymore. And actually, when I was listening to this, I kind of thought it di- thought about it differently. I thought about it from a sense of just they're getting older and they can't. Well, I'm not saying they can't do the diggity riggity stuff like they used to, um, but they just for we're 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 grown. We we've grown out of that. That's the that's the that's the that's the context I gave this, um, and I gave to that uh, particular opinion that you gave. Um, so maybe I'm wrong on that front, and maybe you're, you know, maybe it's on your side more, more correct on that front. Um, but that's how I got it. That's how I, that's how I came to that conclusion. Um, I just, I, especially by by listening to this, where it's just like, okay, well, you know, it's been it's been a few years. You know, I mean, if it's their third album, you know, I have to refresh it, I guess, and you know, try and switch it up a little bit for better or worse. I can understand why they did it. Um, and you know, there's some great stuff here. Real hip hop is a classic track. Um, all right is decent. I like that. Uh, hardcore rap acts cool, and the, the real hip hop P Rock remix. Mm tasty tasty remix um but yeah 
I, I, I just, I just, I just uh, came across it, uh, came to your conclusion differently for some reason. I just thought, yeah, they're, they're just getting older, and you know, they, they wanted to try something different. Um, again, I may be completely wrong on that front, um, and you're probably more correct, uh, or maybe both right. I don't know, but um, yeah, that's kind of the conclusion I came to on this album, where it's just like, oh, I guess we're not doing dead serious anymore, and uh, you know, mm. that's, that's a shame, but it is what it is. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole just then while we were talking about the flow, and there's actually a lot of conjecture around it because I was curious, and then okay. I found out that in an interview someone linked, and I don't know how accurate this is, but it was written in a, it looked like it was written in a magazine. Jay Z said that maybe Das Effects got it from him, and then some people were saying that the West Coast were already doing this prior to Das Effects. Very, very fascinating. There's there's a lot of conjecture around who actually came up with the. Uh, okay. This particular flow. Wow. Okay. I, I can not... imagine West Coast having a hand in it. Bro, I can imagine it. I can imagine I, that. I've never heard this before, but it's just a whole thing. Wow. Really fascinating. Okay. That sounds like a good bites topic, my friend. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, we get onto uh, their album. Uh, it was good, man. It's it's this is this is their opus. I felt like this is their this is their thing. You know, this is a classic to me without any kind of hesitation. It's it's amazing. It's kind of like they they had this lag with East Coast hip hop at the beginning of their career, and and then they caught back up because you know we get Easy Mo B, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, DJ Clark Kent. You know, this album reminded me a lot of Reasonable Doubt, which is ironic that I say that after I just said that. But, you know, totally different sound, but just the credibility and pull to bring together these kind of producers, these legendary producers to create that kind of that kind of music. And it was a bit of a risk, I guess, going in this direction because, as I said earlier, a bit of their rhetoric around the first two albums was how refreshing they were in an era where gangster rap was yeah. pervasive. But, and that they apparently avoided these tropes a little bit, but this record showed they, they could do that as well. You know, the, the production led them in that direction. Is like, this is, this, this production sits next to anything, you know, in this, in this vein, in this year, in this era. Yeah, production banks. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, the album is amazing. To me, this is their defining statement where they think about, they, they exploded onto the scene with a technique that, you know, hadn't been heard before. Uh, everyone kind of, took that and ran with it you know that's how dice effects feels look i don't know the full story i wasn't back then but that's what it seems like um they get a little bit annoyed they ditch their trademark and then they come back and instead of ditching it forever it felt like it was a sabbatical and when they return they just drop a record that sit next to anything from the mid 90s doing their trademark style better than anyone else i feel like could have and um great project man really great project really uh you know it was their last great project i feel Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, yeah, you're probably, you're, probably, you're probably out on that phone with the next up is Generation FX, uh, which is a great name. Uh, and I feel like they could have, uh, the, the, the names, like in terms of FX and like, where, where special effects are, I feel like they slipped up on that front. Um, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, uh, a lot, obviously, the first thing that comes to mind, uh, that, well, that comes to sight i guess on this front uh, on that front um is uh, the features on here uh plenty of features to uh for 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 anyone um and you know with that said it's it's cool um there's some great features on here you know red man 
Uh, let me. Uh, oh, I've lost. The, I've lost the list. In that's great. As I was talking, um, MOP, Teflon, Redman, EPMD, uh, Miss Jones, and what goes around is great. PMD comes back. Uh, just PMD on Take It Back, and then uh, 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 for some reason, Rap Skull is repeated. Um, but yeah. There's some great features coming through as well, and uh, I like that variety, of course. Uh, standard procedure, you know what I mean? Love me some, uh, got, got a lot of some, um, uh, but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, what's the word? Variety. Um, but yeah, there's some, uh, there's some freaky samples on here as well. <laughs> like, like the fact that, um, you know, Generation FX, for example, is the uh, Eye of the Tiger. I was just like, okay. <laughs> It's just, it, it was just so, uh, it, it was very interesting. Um, uh, the intro is uh, Madonna's Vogue. <laughs> I don't know if you clocked that one. That was quite weird. Uh, a fucking uh, uh, rap scholar has something. I forget what it was. I was kind of, that was, that was very fascinating. There was one that I'm, I, I, I probably should have written some of this shit down uh, in terms of a, uh, how many there were, how many were, because there were, like, samples that, are, that just came away, there was a Queen sample somewhere, Queen, was it, was there, I heard Queen, yeah. some of the samples, like, uh, I think that was Change, like, there, there was just some weird, freaky samples coming in on here, and I found that very fascinating, especially when you can, you compare that to, you know, Dead Serious, where I was talking about that, and that had, you know, genuine sampling from other hip hop tracks around that time, and you know, shouting out Slick Rick and all that and all that stuff, and EPMD obviously. Um, and then it comes to this all this time later, and now it's just like you know, regular sampling uh, from you know tracks. There's some there's some exploration there, and I'm assuming that's just from a production uh, producer standpoint, um, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting, and it produces a different flavor, um, which I don't think fits Dance Effects that hard. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it was interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting. Listen, uh, first off, I must admit, I was just like, huh. It's just a yeah. It's just a lot of um. This is different, huh? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, yeah, so it, it kept my attention. I must, I must say, it really did keep my attention on one front. Uh, will I say it's you know better than the previous albums? No, but uh, it was, it was fascinating uh, as a just a uh, as a, as a as a first listen, uh, especially. Uh, yeah, very, very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I I love this album because bro, it's just so much early two thousands. Like I I just I don't know, it's just imprinted oh, in my DNA imprinted in my dna this 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 period of time and dro and henny is a perfect example of that like it could easily be a swiss beats oh no it's sorry generation fx sorry my bad i've i've jumped ahead i jumped ahead. okay good good yeah i was i was, I was like you that's you're one step better on that one but okay, i'm a yeah. bit out i'm a bit out of it today guys i apologize um generation fx well i thought that 15 songs was a bit too long for this record i think there's a lot of heat on here i think there's a lot of heat it's all kind of the the fact that epmd were on this project and the fact that they reunited just prior and then feature heavily on here i really love uh they got mop Redman on here uh the eye of the tiger thing i thought was really cool because obviously mop dropped four alarm blaze in the same year and sampling the same song now the track on this album which is the title track is way more understated than the mop version of the song and I really appreciated that because as much as I do like Four Alarm Blaze, 
it wasn't, you know, I felt like it was just a little bit too chunky, that that Eye of the Tiger sample was just like too much, you know. Um, so yeah, I thought this was a great version of that. They, they slip into a great groove on this album, you know. Uh, it's like, how do they stay tapped in? And they stay tapped in. It's, it's kind of like, it's a really fascinating look at a career of someone who came into the game and pioneered something. And this is what, six years later, five years later from that, six years. And how do you make, still make a good project? How do you, like, what do you do? Do you just keep doing the same thing? But it's almost like they, they kept their style, you know, uh, planted in their original, like the thing that they brought in, their uniqueness but they made sure that they brought in enough artists and brought in enough new producers to make it sound contemporary and, and relevant. And so, so like, I don't think it's a great project. Um, but one thing it did give me was dust effects are actually incredibly, uh, they're great at adapting. Their adaptability is really great. And like, if you listen to Raw Bree, that to me sounds like a Tupac song. They They sound great on it. Then new stuff sounds like a Biggie song. They sound great on it. They, they could just fit the song. And it, almost at times, I'm kind of like, is this them rapping or is this a guest or is this someone else? Because they, they're actually really great at changing their vocal tones and, and the camber and all these different you know aspects of their vocals. And I guess that that's the thing that to me underpins the whole career of them and why they continued onwards is they had that ability and they had that innate ability um, and I think it's it's fascinating because you, you like go back and look at their early story where they said they weren't influenced by East Coast hip hop because it's just not what they were listening to. And then as we see their career progress, we see the different kinds of artists that were exerting their influence on them. And you know that's really cool because you're starting to see them grow in real time. And I guess when you again when you listen to all their albums back to back, you're like, whoa, this is a big change. Um, and you can have a look at like why that change happened and where it came from and who they were around at the time. And I think they wear their influence really well. I think they're, uh, yeah, they, they matured well, I felt like on Generation FX. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think the maturity standpoint uh, is well uh, well deserved um, on, on that front. Uh, you know, because in what I said before, just about um, how I felt on the third, al- third album, they... Uh, I guess try to grow up in some way, mm-hmm. um, but this one definitely just yeah definitely straight up just uh, you know we're grown this is some grown uh, hip hop so to speak, and there's some interesting stuff as I said. Um, all right, so lastly, as uh, Ben got uh, nearly nearly uh, got his bag on. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bro, I was I was out of the station. I I I built up ahead yeah. of steam, and then I had to cut yeah. it all off and divert. It was uh, I well, thought it was expertly done. If I you know, can big myself up, boy, you know it was. I mean, I, it was I mean you can go for it if you want. You can go for it if you want. Since, oh, you, since you since you're out of station, might as well just hop back on. Right. Fuck it. All right. Yeah. I mean, how we do their yeah. last their most recent project was O three. Um. Yeah, I just I really like this project. I really like it. it has that sound. Has that early two thousand sound. As I said, Drone Henny is kind of the 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 greatest example of this. I felt like that could be like a Swiss beat song because it had that piano riff. Uh, Memories, which has that sped up sample in it, which is like really two thousand three, really Kanye, you know, really Rockefeller. G music sounds like Timbaland created it. Just slice. It's just like a I don't know the, the word I got from that beat was just slice. A lot of slice. Bouncing in the club, app title. I think that Dust Effects sound fresh and articulate on this. 
Uh, but I think people may have been a little bit perplexed by this record if they were day one fans because, you know, it felt like a natural progression for me. <laughs> I never I never actually saw uh, Dust Effects set themselves up separate from contemporary music. You know, like a lot of the artists that we've been doing over the last like month have been, I guess, part of the underground or part of the alternative scene or, you know, they're not on the radio. They're not trying to get on the radio. I never saw Dust Effects as trying to get on the radio, but I never saw them as trying to do, you know, just explicitly trying to be different from everything else that was out there. So this album made sense to me. I don't have a problem with this album at all. I think um, it's obviously not going to be my favorite Dust Effects album, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And the it was very contemporary. It sounds very contemporary. It sounds exactly like everything else that was out in 2003, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, um, yeah, it's, you know what? Okay, you got another opinion? I'm I'm keen to hear. Uh, I'm, I mean, you know me, bro. I'm not into that. I'm not into the 2000s sound that deep, bro. You don't like the uh, yeah the the 2000s uh, is, a, yeah. is a complex time for Charlie. Yeah, we we haven't done our our 2000s retrospective yet, but when we do, it's um. <laughs> How would we do that? Yeah, it's gonna be like the Twilight Zone. I don't know what. How would we do. even do that? Uh, I I, honestly if you have a genuine way to tackle that I'll happily tackle it but I have no idea how to tackle a whole decade it's too big it's the the sound changed way too much it's just not possible 2000s but but you just know that if something was in the 2000s you just know for some reason like I knew this was 2003 like you couldn't even have to tell me the year I'd be like "Mm, 2004 something like that I feel like Neptunes and Trackmasters if you know Neptunes and Trackmasters you know the early 2000s yeah, and mid like early to 2004 so every time you hear one you're like oh, okay this is track masters or this is neptunes it's just they ran that sound so much they just i don't know it's just such a like nelly if anyone's listened to sweatsuit by nelly oh my days that is the definitive early to mid 2000s project every beat on there is this the same kind of sound of that era and uh i love the era because i grew up in it but you know i fully understand it's just one of those things like maybe there are people out there who love the early 2010s era and i'm like i didn't grow up in that era so i can't listen to that electro oh, gosh clash. there are those people in there oh. there are and that's fair i mean you know that's that's what they grew up on but um yeah it's not me did we do nelly we've never done nelly we've never we done, have nelly. done nelly I would love to do Nelly one day. I um, I'm interested in doing Nelly. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we'll see how that goes. We'll see if, if see if, uh, if there's anything to do that. All right. Uh, uh, yeah. So how we do? Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Uh. It's two thousands. <laughs> it's just. I. I. I just. I. I. I feel like the. I feel like the people that you were talking about, if they were like day one fans, I would just be like a bit. Mm, what is this? And I feel like this. I feel the same. Where it's just like, mm, what is this? Because yeah, I I just feel like it's uh, I I, I don't know. It's, yeah, there's some good stuff on here. Um, <clears throat> I do like memories. Diggy does. I like that. It's cool. Uh, I think jungle. I think jungle's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some good tracks on here. You know, I I can always find some good stuff on on these kind of albums. But just like the overall vibe I get. Um, just feels different, and they sound different as well. They don't sound. Uh, I don't know the 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 energy doesn't sound there. They're not shouting at the mic, so to speak. You know what I mean? They're just rapping, and you know that's cool. But I feel like a real uh, integral piece of Dust Effects was really that energy, and I felt like it it dampened just a little bit. 
uh, as it pertains to this particular album. So, uh, yeah, I don't really have much more um, on it. Uh, I, I just, um, yeah, just uh, it's just two thousands, bro. It's just one of those. The the one of the stick it in, stick it in the. Uh, it's the two, it's stick it in the 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 folder of this was the two thousands, and this is how shit sounded. So yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Damn, uh-huh. country ground was two thousands. Wow. Um, so I was just looking up. <laughs> I was just looking up Nelly. Um, yeah. So um, hot I shit. guess uh, do you, do you have final thoughts on a Dust yeah. Before? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, you know, they ended up having a short hiatus. They went back on tour in two thousand six, and they've traipsed the world together since then. They're they're definitely not broken up. They had I would love to see them live. By the way, like yeah, I really be, want to see them live. Crazy. Yeah, that'd be, be great. crazy. Oh gosh. Um, oh my gosh. In 2010, they spoke to Hip Hop DX and talked openly about their career, and they wanted to continue to perform together. 2020, they were interviewed by 97.1 QMG, spoke about their uh, lack of music, which was partly being around the changing sound. I found that interesting. They said it was the sound they they didn't connect with the sound anymore, so they they weren't interested in making music in that vein, um, and also the lack of their label situation, which they said was really challenging. Uh, if you go 18 years without an album, people are going to talk about you, I guess. But I'm curious about this because, you know, surely once an artist or group has amassed enough of a back catalogue, they can tour off it, you know, for at least 10 years. I feel like your crowds will diminish over time if you aren't replenishing them via new music. But, you know, in 10 years, you could work on getting to see all your fans in all the different countries without double dipping. And I just say that to say it doesn't seem like Darcefest has any real need or desire to release new music. If they're traveling the world and selling out venues with hundreds of people, that's that's a W. So I think we're fed this myth that rappers and artists have to be dripping in money and thus they just have to keep chasing the bag everywhere it goes. But if you just need to survive comfortably, DazFX has a back catalog to do that. So yeah, I think that they're an anomaly in that sense where we would normally see artists just trying to like mine their popularity for as long as possible. But you know, DazFX is like, man, we're, we're cool. We'll just, we'll just tour off this and... Uh, if we feel like making a new album, we will, but they haven't felt like it for a long time, and that's totally fine. I, I respect that. So yeah, it's not a – it's a good ending. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a tied-up ending. Um, I feel like they, they just didn't feel like going in the direction that hip-hop was going in, so they didn't do it anymore, which is pretty cool. Like, I think that's fair. So normally we come into these retrospectives, and I'm kind of like, oh, that was a weird ending. But, yeah, this one kind of makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, no, uh, I feel I feel like even if they even if they wanted to like uh, make music again, I feel like this is a this would be a great time uh, to do that. I feel you know uh, if they have the right contacts, so some get get some good producers in. I feel like they can really make something decent um, if they still have that uh, if they still have that hunger, of course. Um, but yeah, I would love to see these guys tour. I'd, I'd love to see these guys on a show. That would just be uh outstanding i i can imagine just the the hype nature of it that'll be just uh that'll be just a superb uh but yeah man shout out to dust effects honestly i feel like uh they've really they really i think in the in the hip-hop conversation i feel like they've been not left out but i feel not talked about enough you know what i mean i i know people mention them now and again in certain certain conversations um, uh, especially when talking about something as uh, something like Dead Serious and how unique that album was, um, but damn man, they put out some good shit and there are some great bars everywhere you look, 
And uh, yeah, man, I just need to big up that lyricism uh, straight up for me personally. Uh, as just uh, as just two guys that spit some bars, they do it, you know, on an elite level. Uh, very comparable to other duos, I feel. Uh, they they really got toe to toe with a lot of the a lot of the people we a lot of the duos we love to talk about. And uh, comparing those to Dust Effects in terms of how we talk about them, I don't think we talk about Dust Effects enough. So uh, yeah, man, flowers to Dust Effects. Shout to Dust Effects uh, forever and always. And uh, yeah, man. Let's get that. Let's, let's get that show going. I want to. See, I want to see that. I want, I'd love to see that show. Like some, some maybe like Beat Horizon or something like that. I think that I feel like they'd they fit perfectly in that kind of environment on a one day festival for me personally. And Wait, uh, what do you, yeah. just before we transition, what are your thoughts on this whole? Maybe Darth Effects wasn't the ones to in, initiate this style. Like, do you have any idea on it? Do you I, have any I, feelings about I, it? I, I I really don't. Like, I I, th- I think I said. I think I mentioned it to you. I I, I rarely think about flow. And like the patenting of flow and stuff like that, and that may be again because of where I've been indoctrinated in like this, you know, uh, just people biting shit from each other, and it's just so ubiquitous now that I don't even recognize it, or I just don't care to recognize it anymore, because um, there's just no point uh, in just like if I if I if I. You, it's so easy to it would be so easy these days to moan about that kind of thing now um so i i just choose not to and i choose not to even focus on it outright um but yeah i just don't even i really i, I don't know why past that i don't really know why i don't really focus on you know flow and how you know and how people you know obviously you know uh, for someone like uh you know rakim where like it's just different every time and uh, you know, Big Daddy Kane in that fashion, where he, was, where he was just iconic on that front, and, you know, other rappers, you know, very special rappers, um, how MC Light raps is just so, you know, that you can hear that in a lot of other females uh, down the line, we've talked about that, um, yeah, I, apart from those, you know, isolated incidents, I really think about it um, in a general sense, and I find that interesting that, that you ask that question, uh, I think you asked that before earlier in the week, and I was just like, oh, I don't, I actually don't think about it a lot. You know, people talk about the Migo stuff, and that's you know when, you know, people like yourself and others have mentioned Dust Effects, and that's you know that's great for fact checking, um, and just for you know um, giving people credit where it's due. Um, but I never really think about it. I never think about the triplet flow. You know, there was a video I think by Vox that you know did a video on triplet flows, and that was fascinating. But yeah, apart from that, I, I really think about that technical, uh, that technical side of delivery and uh, how people do it. I, I really, uh, I, I really um, uh, occupy my mind with that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I find it interesting to talk about sometimes. Where someone was talking to me about it the other day, and they were like, "How do you trademark a flow? And how do you?" And I'm like you can't you know it's hard to it's really hard to and they made a great point they were like but that's not really fair like that's if that's something that you've created and is entirely unique to you then theoretically you should get credit for that if people use it in the future and it's this whole kind of thing with music and just you know influence versus straight up lifting and all these different things it's very nuanced it's a very difficult conversation to have when it comes to flow like i i guess 
I get really excited by a flow. I get really excited by an artist who finds a pocket that no one else could find. Um, it's why, you know, it's it's one of the reasons why I like Jay-Z so much because I don't feel like he has, he has eras of flows, but I don't think he has a, Dre, a Jay-Z flow that he's done his whole career. And when artists have that ability, uh, I think it's very val- valuable because, you know, if anyone's tried to rap in their their life they're like this is really hard to do so you know it's quite inventive so i do listen to it a lot and that's one of the things about the migos album that i really liked and someone made a good point uh about bone thugs and a few other the artists that were doing it in the the early to mid 90s and they said that they didn't do it in every single song all the time because it's not an easy flow to execute it's quite difficult um, and it's quite difficult to do it lyrically as well. So they put me onto a few of the artists that you know who were doing the triple flow and saying, listen to the eighth bar and then the twelfth bar and then the sixteenth bar, and you'll see that they dip back into it, but then they pull out of it. And they were saying like, you know, Migos were doing it all the time on every single song over and over again, which is, you know, that's that's a, that was a good point. So I do find it fascinating. Um, but yeah, with it, with regards to this in spe- specifically. I don't know, someone just linked to uh, HP Get Busy, which was one of the first ever songs by Jay-Z and Jazz O. Uh, it came out in 86, but I don't see any well, of the, the Migos. Like, I've heard the song before. It's definitely got a triplet flow, but I don't actually see, sorry, any of the Dust Effects um, specific style in it anywhere here. But um, I, I do know that, like, Jay-Z on, like, Can't Get With That, The Originators... Uh, all that stuff they would they were engaging in this flow, so it's it's entirely possible that you know I don't know who knows like we we don't know like it's impossible to say really only the people involved could really say but um it's just common I guess common that now that people say it was Dice Effects who introduced it so if it's not the case I apologize for any uh you know whatever I apologize for any inaccuracies but yeah we've just got to go off what we can go off but yeah I just found it interesting found an interesting conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it is interesting uh, going down that kind of rabbit hole and uh, you know trying to figure that kind of stuff out. Um, but yeah, man. Hopefully, there's a definitive answer someday. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so over to the light note. Uh, ben, do you have anything? Uh, no, not really this week. Do you have anything yourself? Yeah, your boy got first jab. Oh, you got it. Did you get did you get Pfizer or did you get AstraZeneca or did you get Johnson and Johnson? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, people over the age of I think forty over here don't get AstraZeneca. Okay. Uh, I, it, I'm, 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 yeah. My, well, I know my mother got it, so uh, you know, don't want to our age like that, but yeah, it's just <laughs> not my age and not my sister's age either. Um, so yeah, I, I got Pfizer. Um. Uh, yeah, it was it was very it was very interesting. I, I had to I had to go round round the back of uh, some uh, designated uh, area that they've just uh, cornered off. Um, I had to I had to trek. I had to get a lift from my mum, like uh, just like from about fifteen minutes away. And uh, I just find it I find it the first thing I found weird about it was just like how little places there are to actually get the vaccine. Um, like the the nearest one was like uh, a few miles away from me. Like I said, about fifteen minutes away. Um, and then the next one was literally the town over. I was like, what? <laughs> Why is there nothing else? It's just so weird to me. Like, it's either three miles or 20 miles. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, that was the first thing. And then I walked around and I waited for a bit. And there was this, uh, there was this woman, uh, I 
she must have been uh, well she must have been 25 because uh uh, you, you're only you can only well. She may have had a certain job, I guess, extenuating uh, circumstances. Uh, if she was younger than me, she looked younger than me. Um, so, but she might have just been 25. Um, but yeah, she had her mum there, and they were just waiting, and she was clearly nervous. And I was just like, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, uh, you know, stick it in. You know, I mean, I'm not that, I'm not that energetic about getting jabs. Um, I, I do have to have like, you know, either me or the person doing it, talking to me, mm. um, in order for me to just get through it just mentally. I'm just like, you, you just ask me a question or just like chat, um, yeah. just, 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 just to make things a bit quicker. So I have my mind occupied to something else. Um, cause I, I just don't like the, like a friend told me like, oh, I need complete silence when it happens. I'm like, no, no, that's just, Whoa, no. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, no. no, that's just creepy. Like what? Like just, you want to just hear it? Just pierce your skin? Ugh. Nah, not my steez. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, I was waiting. Um, and, uh, she, I assume she got Pfizer as well. Um, it was basically like yellow ticket was AstraZeneca and orange was the others. Um, so the orange was like for just older people basically getting AstraZeneca. And, um, yeah, so I waited, I waited, and uh, she co- the girl comes out, like, literally needing to lie down, and, like, she's, like, you know, very, she's, like, walking very lightly, lightheaded, I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, what the fuck? You're yeah. <laughs> probably making a meal of it, just, like, put me on edge, and I'm, like, yeah, and I'm, and I'm, like, I'm, like, standing there, just, like, you know, just jamming in my head, just making tunes in my head, like, just, just, just uh, doing that kind of stuff I like to do, um, and yeah, you know, you have to wait 15 minutes uh, just to see if you like get any actu- uh, get any side effects immediately. Um, I've gotten nothing apart from like you know the good old sore arm. Mm. Um, I've literally had I've literally had nothing nothing come through in the past, and it's been over 24 hours now. And uh, yeah, so yeah, for next one next one in late August, gang gang. Like, we're, we're here, we're here, nice. we're, we're we're half we're halfway to a vaccination uh, over here. So uh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. I guess, and um, yeah, yeah man. We're, a, we're a long way from that over here. We are. My parents got there first, probably a couple of weeks ago. But there's no, oh, yeah. there's absolutely no word on when I'll get mine at all. Which is, oh really? Like I'm meant to be getting them early anyway because I'm on disability. So I have like I'm a disability person, I guess, or like in yeah, disability yeah, yeah. services. But they, yeah. they, the government's just not done particularly well. I mean, I don't know. I haven't, been, I haven't been completely tapped out of it lately, so I'm not really sure what's happening with it. But it doesn't look like I'll get mine until first jab, maybe like September, August, and then second, not till probably Sheesh. late this yeah. year. Yeah, it's not, it's just not a priority. But I mean, there's no, there's no COVID in the community for us, so we've got zero cases for like the last three months two months in sydney so it's not like it's a scary thing but at the same time you do kind of want to be vaccinated and get it out of the way but i'm similar to you with uh blood tests because i get a lot of blood tests uh because man right. I take, yeah i'm i'm not I'm not the most well individual but that also means that i have to i'm not great with them and the fasting ones are the worst they're so bad because you just don't get to eat all night and then you've got to trump up there at 7 a.m in the morning and then they take like six vials of blood and it's like, bro, stop it. Stop taking my blood. I need my blood. It needs to stay in my body. So I'm the same as you. I like to talk to the person who's doing it when they're doing it so that um, I'm not thinking about what's going on because when I'm thinking about it, it's not great. The worst one I ever had was uh, when I my neutrophils were really low at one point and so I had to go and see a hematologist 
And the hematologist is like, there could be a million reasons why your neutrophils are this low. So we're going to need to do a lot of tests. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really good with blood tests. She's like, you'll be fine. It's all right. Don't worry about it. And I get in there and it was this woman who was just obviously having a bad day. And she's like trying to get me to sit up to do it. I'm like, if I sit up for this test, I'm going to faint and you're going to have to pick me up off the ground. So she got really angry at me, moved me to the bed. They took nine vials of blood out of me. And for 45 minutes, I was like on the edge of consciousness, just like in the bed. And this woman was so upset with me. And then finally, after about half an hour, she finally realized I was really down bad. I was not in a good state. And she softened her stance and she was quite nice to me and brought me a drink of water. When I first asked for water, she's like, we have no cups. And then she just left. I'm like, what? (laughs) You don't have water? I can't drink water in a hospital? Like, yeah, so... um, that was my experience, my worst experience with uh, blood. I don't know how people give blood. You guys, are, whoever gives blood out there, shout out to you because I can't do that. I'm, this, I'm not. I'm not set up for that. Yeah, uh, I, I've, I'm lucky to not have uh, that kind of experience. Literally, a friend. Uh, I was talking about it with a friend. She, t- she had like a four uh, vials of blood and uh, to, for nothing to come up, and I was just like. Did they give it back? <laughs> <laughs> Such a dumbass question. <laughs> how do we? How do I get that blood back? <laughs> That's hilarious. I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was just like, what? So they took, they took all that blood and like for nothing to come up. I was like, but uh, ask that shit back, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that was you know I mean? that nine. Oh, bro, if you're not getting a result, it's like it's like a transaction. Like you know, what I mean, you, you say if you like order some food and like you don't get the food, like what, what my money back, right? That's, that's, how, that's how I thought the the blood process goes. But um, okay, fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah, I was, um, not, how, not how it goes because they throw it in the throw it in the sink or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it goes after that. I mean, I was I guess it was a good thing that nothing came up for me because they were testing for all these really big scary things and she's like don't worry about it i'm like don't worry about it like you've just said all these things but yeah um but apparently we replenish our blood supply somehow i don't know how we do it but (laughs) i hope we do because otherwise i'm fucked i need i need to get weekly blood tests at the moment so i've been doing that since september last year so if we don't replenish our blood stocks then i'm in i'm in real trouble in a couple of years i'm gonna be i'm gonna be dry inside so (laughs) jesus christ yeah i know it's a bit rough eh it's what yeah yeah okay well, right. um, on that note of blood, um, we should. <laughs> I bet mean, it's like bare squeamish people, just like we just talked yeah. about blood for like three minutes, and they're yeah. like, "Sorry, guys." <laughs> I mean, they missed most of the conversation because they would have fainted early, so <laughs> they missed the worst part. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, that's funny. Um, yeah, that's funny. All right, um, sorry, guys. Uh, but we're done now. On that note, fun the film podcast. <laughs> Uh, I've been trying to tell you this has been uh, digging digits. Wait, this has been digging digits. I've been trying to tell you the fifth one. There we go. I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Mamas. Do we want to do Nelly next week? Do we want to just just do Nelly? Um, um, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the I'm seeing the album links, and uh, it's not looking tasty. Um, so we'll we'll put a pin on it. We may uh, or may not be doing Nelly. Uh, I am interested in doing Nelly, but I I just uh, I just I'll need to do some uh, hard uh, yeah, shit. I'm going down, down, yeah. baby. I, I just, I, I don't know how much like tolerance I have go. for like non-country grammar and non-Nelly Vil Nelly, because uh, everything I've heard of Nelly past those two albums have just been a trick. I don't so, get attached that. Well, okay, Ben's clearly interested. He wants to. Do what about Nelly, grills? So, uh, 
I don't know, bro. I, wanna I don't see know. Grills. All right, we'll, we'll get you to it. We see might get to, get to it. My what? It's got that Paul Wall verse. He says when he takes a deep breath, he could cause a cold snap or something. We'll get to it. We'll get to it one day. Don't worry, guys. We'll get to it, and I'll. I'm not uh, saying. I'm not saying no. I'll get my Nelly I'm saying singing maybe off. Not next week. <laughs> I get my Nelly. Get my Nelly singing. I might do the intro to that week. I reckon I could. Uh, I could nail uh, okay. Nelly. Okay, I might, I might, I might be worth the price of admission just for yeah. just for doing it next week. Maybe. Yeah. All right, we'll, put, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We may or may not do next week. But anyways, hope we'll have a good week. We should always try and do the same. Oh, right, guys, Fire VPN Radio podcast number five already dropped. Shout out to Mickey for ninety two till. That's officially begun. Uh, uh, he's dinner. He did a, a, a what was it? A Love Deluxe by Sade. Uh, very interesting piece of work, and uh, yeah, man. If you guys want to go peep that, another, another, oh, nearly did it. Uh, another five p.m. podcast to uh, another uh, one. Digest and enjoy. No, no, we're not doing that. We uh, the best excuse- podcast. It's this it's case <laughs> on Spotify for obvious reasons. So if you do have Spotify, go hop on that. And uh, podcast number six uh, coming Special soon. Special cloth well. talk. Uh, yeah. All right. Shut up. Uh, hope you have Need a good week. Because you're always trying to do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is led by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Thanks to Chill Freckers for ability to use. Socials for Fifth Element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and Chill Freckers will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. It's been a Fifth Element podcast network production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs> <laughs>